This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Thank you, Charlie, for joining us today. And obviously, you're uh, famous for being the creator of Litecoin. Mm -hmm. And I want to establish some kind of an origin story for Litecoin. Sure. Could you tell us what made you create this cryptocurrency in the first place? What went through your mind? And maybe share some of the backstory behind the creation that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Sure. So um, this was like in October of 2011. Um, I was playing around with the with the Bitcoin code base, and I guess the short story short of it is that I just was trying to create something and having fun creating uh, a fork of Bitcoin. And it was mainly like a fun fun side project. Um, a bit more detail about that is there's before Litecoin there were like about a dozen other altcoins that most of them don't exist today anymore. Um, and one of them, or actually most of them, were created by founders that kind of want to strike it rich so they would do something called a pre-mine which is they would uh, mine a lot of coins for themselves before they launch it or at the or right in the beginning and then hopefully that they would um if it becomes successful then they would make would make them a lot of money so and a lot of people didn't like how unfair the coin is compared these coins are compared to like bitcoin which was launched uh, very fairly um so one of the the push was to create a fair version of a coin that's called Tenebricks. Tenebricks was launched with 7 million coins for the founder. So I helped create this coin called Fairbricks, which is basically Tenebricks without the pre-mine. Um, and that Fairbricks was attacked in the beginning, and it was uh, there's some bugs in the code because the Tenebricks code was, uh, wasn't very well written. So it, it kind of failed, and then after that, I decided to, to do it right to actually fork from Bitcoin um, and to create Litecoin. Um, so I did that and made it fair. I guess one of the um, stories that people don't hear about Litecoin is how fair it was. I made sure to to launch it as fairly as possible, which is I, um, like a week before I launched the, the source code and binary so people can actually run Litecoin a week before the actual launch to test mining, to see if it works on their computer, um, to make sure everything's okay. And then at the time of the launch, um, which was a, a time that was voted in by the community at which hour it would launch, at the time of the launch, um, I just released uh, a constant, like two constants that people can just put into their um, a config file, re- restart their client, and will just start mining coins. So when I launched it... Um, like thousands of people were mining from the start. So it was pretty much as fair as I can possibly make it. So this was your whole point, is having a more egalitarian cryptocurrency. Do you feel that you've succeeded? Um, yeah, I think one of the one of the reasons why Litecoin like, actually survived and became popular is because of, of the fair launch, right? There's um, everyone, including myself, had equal access to mining the coins and also buying it from the exchange. So I didn't pre-mine. I don't have a lot of Litecoins. Um, I didn't just create Litecoins and give it a lot to myself, right? Even a coin like Ethereum has a huge pre-mine, right? They sold however millions of dollars worth of ETH in the beginning and gave that to, gave a lot of Ethereum to, or ETH to, um, to themselves, right? So given 
how fair Litecoin was. It's one of the reasons why it survived where other coins didn't, I think. Wonderful. So, what, of course, one of the things that uh, would really give the lift to cryptocurrencies is mass adoption. And um, it's been said that uh, merchant adoption specifically is, is kind of the holy grail of, uh, you know, alternative coins or altcoins. Do you agree with that? And, and how do we get there? Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think um, the goal for, for Litecoin and also for me for Bitcoin is to kind of create a um, sound money, right? It's kind of, when, when I first found out about Bitcoin, I saw it as like a better form of money than we've ever seen, like that human civilization has ever seen. So um, building on top of that, uh, so Bitcoin, if Bitcoin is like a better form of gold, for example, it doesn't have to be um, used daily. People don't kind of spend gold, right? You can actually build on top of that. So with Bitcoin and Litecoin, there are layer two solutions, right? So like Lightning Network is probably a better form of kind of a payment network than just on-chain um, Bitcoin or Litecoin. So I see that happening where people will build on top of it. Um, and it's not, I wouldn't say it's like the holy grail. I think eventually you will be able to spend your Bitcoins or Litecoins and um, it's going to happen eventually. But it's not something that will, it's not something that's needed today. Yeah. So we're not there yet, in other words. Um, do you think there, there will ever be a time when we will do away with central authorities of monetary systems in the world, perhaps starting in different pockets of the world before it maybe overtakes most of the world? Or is that kind of too pie in the sky at this point? I don't know if that will, ha that will ever happen. Um, I think for sure uh, cryptocurrency will, will be one of the um, currencies that people will use will, will achieve mass adoption uh, one day where people would, would treat it as, as real money. Right, the volatility will will come down, um, and things will be priced in cryptocurrencies. Uh, I truly believe in that. Uh, whether or not like the current system of fiat currencies will will still be around, I I don't know. Do you see that maybe one iteration of that future you see is that the central bank itself would issue some kind of cryptocurrency, not a di digitized form of fiat currency, which they already do but an actual uh, cryptocurrency, a new currency, um, for that future to happen that you foresee? I don't see the benefit of that, to be honest. Because um, for me, the benefit of cryptocurrency is, is decentralization, right? It's the censorship-resistant part where no one can prevent you from spending money, um, spending your own money. So if the central bank or the governments actually create a cryptocurrency um, they still have full control of it. so what's the point right it's effectively no different than a digital version of US dollar yeah that's a good point um, so going back to this future that you mentioned and if you can extend that a little bit and perhaps we'll we'll just envision this do you see a world where cryptocurrency use in blockchain applications will be ubiquitous just like mobile payments today are widely used when decades ago, 
Nobody could have imagined that we could use our phone to actually pay for things instead of just making a phone call. Do you see that with the blockchain and, uh, and cryptos changing the daily lives of people? And in what way? Yeah, I think, um, I think in the future you will be using cryptocurrencies um, in, your, in your daily lives and you may not even realize it. Right, so if uh, Bitcoin really does become like ubiquitous as money, um, it will have to be easy to use, right? It's it will be very different from what we what we're doing today, right? So, who knows what devices or what we're gonna be using? But you could be spending Bitcoin, you buying stuff, and you wouldn't even know it. You may we may not even call it Bitcoin; it might just be money. So there's so many Bitcoin as cryptocurrencies out there, and by some counts, about more than two thousand. Do you think? How do you think we'll get to the point where maybe a few will emerge as a dominant, or maybe maybe just one? How many do you think we can handle this? I mean, the the, the world can handle. Um, definitely not like thousands, right? So, um, I would say I think there's gonna be more than one. Um, Bitcoin, Litecoin, maybe a few others, maybe like a handful that will actually represent real value, right? Um, and I think the beauty of it is eventually they will be very interchangeable. So you can um, send Litecoin and the recipient can receive Bitcoin. It will be converted um, atomically, um, instantly. And you wouldn't even like have to worry about it. You wouldn't even have to know. So I think that's going to happen. So the important thing is that um, the user experience will, will need to improve and a lot of things, complications, complicated Things will have to be abstracted away from the end user, um, just like what happens with um, what you use today, right? With phone calls, you don't really care what happens when you make a phone call or, or even when you swipe a Visa card. However many institutions that gets contacted to approve this transaction, how the money moves, you don't really care. All you care is that you, they'll eventually bill you for it and then you'll pay for this, you buy this product. The same thing will, ha- will happen with Bitcoin cryptocurrencies. Um, things will be simpler um, and that's when things will take off so in a utopian universe for cryptos you know technology is everything but since we don't live in that world um, social behaviors are also very important what do you think will drive mass human adoption of this that people will trust it because I think that's really the critical issue for it to really take off yeah the I think trust is, is definitely very important I mean, a lot of the things that are hindering adoption today is the the lack of trust in terms of like securing your your bitcoins. Right, you a lot of people aren't tech savvy enough to to protect and store their own coins, and they rely on third parties like exchanges. And then the exchanges get hacked. Um, every pretty much every month, there's a story of an exchange getting hacked and losing millions of dollars of customers' funds. And that really hurts. It hurts for the trust in the in this industry and also for the people who actually lost money. So I think it's very important for us to actually build out um, simple yet secure ways of helping people store their own funds. Right? Whether that's um, like mobile wallets that's secure or hardware wallets like the ledgers or treasures uh, and improvements to that which would make it simple to use yet still secure. I think it's yeah, it's always been like a trade-off, right? Simplicity versus security. 
So putting money on an exchange like Coinbase is extremely simple, um, but you're relying on someone else to secure the coins for you. Um, and then putting things like I previously had coins on paper wallets where you print out a piece of paper with your private key and then you put that piece of paper in the bank safe or you split it off somehow, but you store it securely yourself, um, it's really hard to use, right? It's like for long-term storage, you can't really spend it. Um, so the like compromise in between, we just have to find a good way to, where it's both secure and simple. I think that's a very important thing to achieve. One of the things that came up in a panel earlier today at the blockchain conference was that um, you know you could look at cryptocurrencies as maybe a, a money uh, in terms of monetary value. You could use it to transact uh, a business. You know, use it to buy and sell services and products. But you could also it could also be an investment asset. Where do you what do you see what do you see it in terms of being an investment asset? Is it is that a good idea? I mean, how do you even do valuation of that? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, of what kind of cryptocurrencies? Uh, just in, just in general. Just in general. Yeah, Litecoin, Bitcoin. <clears throat> I think um, as the industry is growing, um, people are at least initially people value it as more of a, like an investment asset or a speculative asset. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, when it becomes more stable, prices become less volatile. It will become less of an investment asset, more of like just money that people would hold on to. Right, so um, I think it's it's fine right now, but I don't see that being the future. Um, where do you see cryptocurrencies going? What do you think is its next iteration or use case? Uh, do you see any any new trends coming down the pike? Um, so my focus is on the the monetary aspect of cryptocurrencies. So with Litecoin, I want it to um, be used as money. So my, what's kind of focus, what my focus is for that is, um, is um, like merchant adoption, right? Where more and more merchants or people are actually supporting Litecoin or using it or accepting it. And um, one of the key things I'm working on is to improve fungibility of Litecoin. So by that, I mean um, making Litecoin more fungible. So what that means is right now, when you're spending Litecoin or even Bitcoin, um, transactions you make have kind of a history attached to it um, because people can track back and see where you got those coins um, and who, how that person got his coins to send to you. So you can track all the way back to the beginning. And being able to do that, you can... You can almost track to see if I use the coins to buy illicit goods or if I gambled with it. And you've heard stories of Coinbase um, banning people from using their service if they found that the coins you received were sent from like a gambling website or from a dark marketplace. Um, so that makes the coins not very fungible because you have to pick and choose which coins you send to someone if you don't want them to see how much you got paid or what you use with it. Um, <clears throat> and it's, for example, like if you go, if you walk into a store and you have two $20 bills in your, in your wallet, you don't care which one you spent, right? Unless you really care about how pretty one of them is. So like US dollar, like fiat currency um, is very fungible. Bitcoin, like when today is not. So that's something that I think we need to improve. 
And with fungibility, one of the kind of requirements with fungibility is, is privacy. Right? If the coin is not private, if there's no privacy, then it's not fungible. So that's definitely, I think, fungibility and privacy going hand in hand is something that I'm really looking into right now. So what else is next for you? Um, so I've been, Are I'm, you running for president? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it would be cool if an Asian-American wins, becomes president. Um, I am, I'm still focused on, on Litecoin. I'm working full-time on, with the Litecoin Foundation on just everything around Litecoin in terms including like development, like for example, what I was talking about with privacy fungibility, um, and also um, adoption of Litecoin, um, partnering with various companies supporting Litecoin, merchants, merchant processors, um, and just getting more exposure for Litecoin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sure, thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.